0: Welcome to the Word of Life Podcast, the sermon audio from Word of Life Church in Lesour, Minnesota. Thank you for listening, and may you be blessed by this word of grace for you today. So it is Lent. Um and one of the things that I seem to hear quite a bit is that I'm giving up beep for Lent. Whatever that beep is in your life, I'm uh, you know I hear all sorts of things of you know ideas of I'm giving up this for Lent and this. First of all, I find that phrase really interesting because I'm like, you're giving it up for Lent, not. Not I'm giving this up for God, or not I'm giving this up, you know, like for a better, you know, healthier lifestyle, or something along those lines. But I'm giving this up for Lent, as if, as if spring has told you, dude, you need to give something up. Like we said, Lent literally means spring, and so allow me to tell you, spring hasn't told you anything. Matter of fact, we don't even know when it's going to get here. If, This could be a tease, or this could be the real thing. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping, as a Henderson resident, that spring kind of comes slowly. (laughs) A little melt, a little cold. A little melt, a little cold. Nice and easy spring is what I'm praying for. And not a lot of flooding. We'll see how it goes. But that is one of the things that we that we hear and and whether it's because of religion or tradition or just kind of social context I hear I hear a lot about I'm giving this up for Lent and the, but the, it sounds really kind of cool. I mean, I've I've done it myself and and there's some healthiness to, you know, to kind of in in some ways giving things up, but I don't know if we're going to give it up for Lent. I think there's a sense in which we just well, not all of us, but a lot of people like rules. Yeah, we like laws and rules and stuff. I not all the time, but you know, there's just like this sense in which I could make a law for myself. I'm going to make a rule for myself. I'm going to give up Coke for spring. And you think to yourself, okay, it's uh, 40 days of Lent plus the Sundays. I could go without Coca-Cola for a month and a half. And you make this rule, no Coke for me. And everything's going great. The first week just kind of cruises by. Yeah, there's a little headache, but who's really worried about caffeine addiction? Not me. No, no, no. then somewhere in the middle of week 2 you're having tacos and it's a fundraiser and you know and you think to yourself what goes great with tacos Well, i hear them talk about it, that when they go down to mexico a nice cold bottle of coke you know in the glass bottle with that taco especially you know if, you know if it's nice and hot and you know and stuff like that and so then all of a sudden you've, you know, you're thinking about that coke And all of a sudden, like the next day, you've opened up the Coke mindlessly out of the fridge, and you're just taking a drink, and you're like, oh, no, I was giving that up. And so then all of a sudden, you've broken that rule that you made for yourself. And what do you do when you you break a rule? You feel guilty, which is funny, because God never told you to give up Coke, but you made a rule for yourself, and so all of a sudden, you're feeling guilty all uh, over a rule that literally doesn't exist. It's weird, but we do it. The answer to to guilt is always the same, whether it's a rule that we've created or a rule that God's given us. The answer to guilt is always the same. We bring our guilt to the Lord, and he gives forgiveness. Whether it's, a, whether it's a real guilt or a false guilt or whether it's a rule that we've broken before the Lord or a rule that we've broken for ourselves, our guilt gets brought to the Lord. Whether we think about it or not, that's where guilt gets handled for real. And so uh, today, as we enter into talking about Lent, we're going to discuss this, this journey toward Jerusalem. And so I'd like to try to kind of not think as much about like giving stuff up for Lent. We'll talk about it a little bit, but think more about the journey that Jesus takes towards the cross and, and, and looking at what He has done for us and the journey on our way to, with Him. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, you could turn with me. To Luke chapter nine, and we're going to hang out in Luke chapter nine, it is full of really great stuff. I'll be honest with you, you know Eric and I were discussing, and we probably do all of Lent all in Luke chapter nine, but we're going to try and take this journey all the way up to Jerusalem all the way through to cross, because that's exactly what Jesus did. In Luke chapter nine, we're going to look at verse 18 and following as we hear God's word about what Jesus is doing. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say like one of the prophets that you know, from old has risen. And then he said to them, but, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he, that's Jesus, strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father, and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Here it's the reading of God's word. It's because it's God's word, not mine. Peter makes this amazing confession of faith as they're having this conversation about who people think Jesus is. And this conversation is still happening today. People will still dis- discuss and argue about who Jesus is. Who do, you pe- who do people think that he is? As a matter of fact, they're going to have this conversation about Jesus. They'll have this conversation about you. It happens all the time. I was, uh, I was talking with a, with a young mom recently who was telling me about her kids. And she said, you know... She pointed to one of her kids and she said, She is just like her dad. And then she smiled and said, This one's just like me. And she went on to detail how, you know, one of her daughters was like her dad, you know, quiet and more, you know, more introverted and things like that. And then, you know, and then got to talking about how her other daughter is much more like her and more outgoing and look at her eyes and, and, you know, and look at that lovely smile that she's having. There was obvious a little bit of, I don't know, I would say bias, but I know parents never have favorites, so it can't possibly be that. You see, I've experienced that a lot of times. Everybody's got an opinion about who who you are. Kids, you could be walking through the school's uh, hallways, and somebody's got an opinion about you. And sometimes they're even willing to share it, whether you like it or not. Think of the things that you've heard about you you're stupid, you're dumb. You're ugly. What do you think you're doing? You're not cool. Why do you do that? Don't worry, adults. People have opinions about you, too. If you're not sure what they are, just go to HR, they'll tell you. Yeah, or even better yet, call your family. Pick up the phone, call somebody in your family, they'll tell you a little something about you. Don't worry, it won't even take that long. Everybody has an opinion about you, everybody's got an opinion about Jesus, too. And so, as as we hear over here this discussion that they're having, you know, and he's saying, you know, some people think that Jesus is. John the Baptist. Now, this is kind of crazy because John the Baptist and Jesus are really very close in age. You know, the, uh, their pregnancies, uh, the, the pregnancies of their mothers overlap. They're, they're actually cousins. And so, the, the, but the, the thought is that people were, were only aware that something spiritual, something great is happening. They've got something in common. Maybe like Jesus is really just John the Baptist come back to life. Now, that's kind of weird because they were cousins and like they knew each other. I don't know how that works. In any case, it's kind of weird. But everybody's got somebody, he's just like John the Baptist, except different. Okay. Other people think that he's Elijah. That the prophet Elijah, who has been dead for over 400 years, has chosen this time to come back now because, well, actually he didn't die. Elijah actually, you know, when Elijah got tired out being a prophet, God sent a fiery angel to, chariot to come and pick him up and swoop him off into heaven that's cool super jealous just saying super jealous so some people think that elijah you know that jesus is elijah because there is a prophecy that before the Messiah comes, Elijah's got to come first. And that's why they've talked about some of the prophecy about John the Baptist is that he came in the spirit of Elijah. Okay? Some people say Moses. Okay? Moses, great leader, great prophet of the Lord. You know, the Lord loved Moses, hung out with him face to face. And so some people say, hey, Jesus has got to be Moses. But still others say, I don't know, I'm undecided. Some prophet, some prophet. They're all wrong. But Peter, as the spokesman for the whole group, who do you say that I am, Jesus asks. And Peter, as the spokesperson who's willing to open up his mouth, says, you are the Christ of God. And we don't, we don't always think about this, but Christ is actually not Jesus' last name. I know, kind know, kind of weird, because we use the word Jesus Christ a lot, you know? But Christ is not his last name. It's really actually the, you know, it's, it's talking about who he is, his identity. The Christ means Messiah. It means the anointed one, the one that God has been promising since the beginning of time, the one that God would send to save his people, the God, one that, the savior that God would send to rescue his people out of slavery to sin. That's all of that is all contained in that one little word, Christ. And so it's not his last name, but it really is who he is. It's his identity. Jesus isn't Moses. He's not Elijah. He's not his cousin John. Jesus is Christ, the Savior the one sent from God to rescue us from our sin. And when Peter hears it, the God, some of the other Gospels you know, explain some of the longer conversation, but what we have right here in the Gospel of Luke is that when Peter hears that, he says it, and Jesus hears it, and Jesus says, All right, all right, all right, don't tell anybody. This is the one time that they actually listen to that, you know? The rest of the time when Jesus says, you know, like, hey, don't tell anybody, it seems like they really talk about it quite a bit. But this time when he says, hey, don't tell anybody, they don't. And, and then Jesus reveals for the very first time the next stage of the plan. The next part of the plan is a journey to the cross, a journey to Jerusalem, a journey to the ascension. And there's the, the way back to heaven is a, is a rough trip. You see, it's a journey of rejection. Jesus is going to be rejected by by all of the religious and political leaders of the day. The one who God sent to be the Savior will be completely rejected. It's It's a journey of suffering. It says that he's going to suffer many things. We have a tendency to think about the physical suffering that he suffers on the cross as he's being crucified, as he's being beaten and tortured before they put him on the cross, the nails through his hands and his feet and the, and the crown of thorns on his head. But the suffering includes the spiritual suffering of taking on himself the sins of all humanity. Jesus Christ, the one who knew no sin, who never committed sin and had no sin inside of him, took on sin. That's suffering that we'll never know. If we feel our bones being crushed like David because of our unconfessed sin, and that's just ours, I can't begin to imagine the crushing weight and burden of all of the sin, of all of humanity, all on Christ Jesus. The journey is a journey of rejection, It's a journey of suffering. It's a journey that will lead him to the cross where he will be killed. And they will take his dead body off of that cross and put it in a tomb. But that's not the end of the story. Right there in Luke, Jesus foretells that after three days, he's going to rise again to new life. Yeah, the journey to the cross is really a journey to new life and resurrection. And so he tells everybody who's present there, you got to know, following Jesus isn't just kind of a cakewalk. Following Jesus is not an easy walk. He goes on to say, look, foxes have holes, you know, birds have nests, son of man doesn't even have a place to put his head. You see, the journey to the cross is a journey of homelessness. You're not going to have a home. The journey to the cross is a a hard journey where people are going to be against you. The journey of following Jesus is a journey of death in which he says, if you want to follow me, Jesus says, if you want to follow him, take up your cross daily. And that cross in that day was not an implement of jewelry. Nobody had like some cross earrings or something like that. You know, they didn't have cross necklaces. Nobody was getting like cool cross tattoos back in that day because the cross was a symbol of death. It was a symbol of, of, of it's just an awful symbol it was a symbol of betrayal it was a symbol of it was a symbol of of being a traitor and a criminal and Jesus says if if you want to follow him you need to take up your cross daily and that's what he's talking about is not like taking up some small burden oh you know i've got allergies but that's my cross to bear no. Allergies is not your cross to bear. Allergies are not going your your nose is not going to run to death. That's not going to cause you to die. I understand we all might get a little bit uncomfortable when, you know, when spring really comes and the allergies really start hitting and you start that is not our cross to bear. Even some of the physical ailments that really do impact us, you know, and and, and cause us some strife, that's not our cross to bear. Oh, and by the way, disobedient children, not your cross to bear. I can think of all sorts of things that I've heard, Ah, that's just my cross to bear. No, the cross that we bear is sin and death. And what he's telling us is that every day, Every day as we bear that cross, daily, we take our sin and we confess it to the Lord and we nail it right back to the cross. Every day. It's confession. And that's, that's what Lent, Lent is really about. If you're tempted to give up something for Lent... Allow me to give you some alternate suggestions. Fasting is a real thing, and, and Jesus talks about it and says, says to his followers, hey, while I'm here, you're not going to fast. When I go away, you will fast. And so fasting is just a way, not everybody gets to do it. Uh, some of you might have some, like, some dietary issues and things like that that wouldn't allow you to. Uh, and I'm not talking like, I can't fast, I get grumpy when I don't have my morning coffee. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like diabetes and stuff like that, okay? So... Uh, fasting is it's just, you can, you can pick your time or something like that, but it's taking a, usually it's, it's taking a, times that you would normally eat and sacrifice eating to focus on prayer. Fasting is an opportunity during Lent for you to just take this time as a preparation for the Lord coming. It's an opportunity for us to spend some time in, in prayer, confessing our faith and confessing our sins. It's not a have to, it's a get to, okay? So please don't leave here and say, well, good news, fix the budget. We're all fasting, so we won't have to buy groceries. Everything's going to be great this month. Not what I'm saying. Fasting is a get to. Please don't force it on each other. Another thing that we can do is we we can spend some time devoted in prayer. Just spend set aside some time each day to confess your faith and confess your sins. And ask yourselves, as you hear what Peter says, that Jesus is the Christ of God, do I believe that? Do I believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son and that He is our Savior and that He took upon Himself all of my sins? If so, how does that impact my faith and my life? and take some time to confess sin. Don't worry. You won't run out. We all do it daily. And so it's not one of those things where it's like, I don't know, man. I already confessed sin right before communion. I'm probably good until next month. No. That's why we talk about Jesus tells us to, to, to follow following him. looks like bearing our cross daily. It looks like confessing our sin daily. And so as we, we come before the Lord and we focus on him, this Lent is a season of preparation. It's not an easy road, but I want to remind you, Christ walked that road for you. Christ took that suffering for you. Christ took that burden from you. Christ died a, a perfect death on the cross for you to take your sins and give you forgiveness. And then he rose to new life. And that's what we're looking forward to. And that's what we celebrate in Easter. And when he says at the end of the text. That some of them who are standing there. Are not, gonna, not even going to die. Until they see the kingdom. He's talking about the, the transfiguration. Shiny Jesus. And that's coming. So our journey to the. To the cross, our journey to to Easter, it's not an easy road, but it's a good road. Take some time to prepare. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, thank you for, for who you are and what you've done for us. We believe you. You are the Christ, the Son of God, our Savior. We believe you. Thank you for calling us to follow you. Help us as we confess our sin. We don't want to carry the cross, we want what we want. The cross is a gift, an opportunity to bring to you our sins and our burdens and receive forgiveness freedom. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. I love that song. I love singing it with you. Thank you for worshiping together. Man, that's fun. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he look right at you and give you his peace. Amen? Go in peace.